Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to a long-delayed installment of Barely Living the Dream. This is Mel House. It's just going to be me by myself today, sitting in my backyard on a wonderful Sunday evening. Uh, the only thing that detracts from the Sunday evening is that I'm suffering a back spasm right now. I have this recurring injury that uh, pops up whenever aggravated. And the, 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 the most annoying part about this time is I have no idea what aggravated it. But I've been busy. We've been running around for the last couple weeks for sure, months arguably as well. So maybe it's just that. Maybe it's a cumulative thing. However, if I didn't have this back injury, if I wasn't dealing with it right now, I wouldn't have probably been uh, stationary enough to just sort of sit here and record this episode. So uh, I guess, you know, that that in itself is fortunate um, <clears throat> because there is I, I printed out the last I think it was episode 43 was the last one. And I went back and looked at it and printed it out just to see what we were talking about because so much has happened. That episode was prior to we knew we were going to premiere Mystery Spot at Arrow Fright Fest in London but uh, it didn't have a date on here, but it looks like it was just prior to us doing that. And I know it was right right when we um, adopted our most, our youngest cat, Butterscotch, who, because the pic, she's in the picture for the podcast, and she is very, very tiny. I think that might have been the second or third day we had her. Uh, now she's si- relatively larger and <laughs> quite the troublemaker, but we love her. Um, so, yeah, I can just tell a lot of time has passed, and a lot of things have happened. Um, with mystery spot, just to, I guess, to recap where we're at on that. So mystery spot premiered at London arrow video, London fright fest. Um, it went extremely well. Of course I wasn't able to attend. None of us really were, but I was kind of, I was watching along with the premiere. I think it ended up being about seven o'clock or eight o'clock PM our time on a Monday. So, um, I was sort of watching along like the live tweets and people commenting on the movie and stuff and things were pretty positive. Uh, and then a couple of reviews came out the next day or throughout the next week I was seeing reviews and, uh, a lot of people really, really liked it. I could tell it just really struck a chord with a certain type of viewer. There are people that didn't like it as well, of course, to be expected, but even the ones that didn't like it, you could just, they weren't really hating on it. it just, you could tell it just wasn't for them. What I've noticed is it's kind of, it's playing, it's playing better to an older audience, which it's kind of what it was in. I wouldn't even say intended to do. It kind of came out of me that way, but, uh, it's that, it's that kind of movie. It's more contemplative, slower paced. Uh, it speaks to a lot of quote unquote grown up problems. (laughs) So that's, that's not surprising in the least. Um, so it did well there, got some great reviews, got some great pull quotes. And then arrow did arrow fright fest did. So they did that in-person premiere and then I believe the, it was the following week, maybe two weeks after, they did a um, a digital premiere that they called like Best of the Fest, just to screen, uh, to rescreen a lot of the flicks that people didn't have, a, people that were still wary of going out in public, uh, so they'd have a chance to see some of the movies. So we screened as part of that as well, and then more, I, you know, people were putting up pictures of them watching it, people were live tweeting it, they were tweeting and tagging Lisa and Graham in it saying how much they loved it. So we got several more really good, uh, write-ups from that as well. So that was a great way to sort of kick off, kick off the process of getting this movie out into the world. 
So that was in August, August slash September of last year, 2021. And then uh, as far as things Mystery Spot go, the next thing was uh, we our, our U.S. premiere was at the Buffalo Dreams Film Festival in November of 2021. I actually went out to that. And it was great because I was actually, that's, it was, it worked, it happened at a time where I could actually travel out for a couple of days. So I was able to sit there and watch a lot of other movies. Because uh, Greg, uh, um, Greg and his team put on, Greg Lamberson uh, and his team put on a great festival. So it was just, it was wonderful. It was in, it was in a shopping mall. The movie theater is in a shopping mall. So, uh, you know, there, and everything. I'm a big Christmas guy. I guess maybe my birth it's because my birthday's then or whatever. But uh, all the you know everything was sort of in Christmas gear, so it was kind of fun to walk around and be in that vibe, and then go watch some cool movies. And a couple, well, at least one movie played with us at Fright Fest as well, The Retaliators. So I got to see that because I didn't, of course, didn't get to see it as Fright Fest, part of Fright Fest. But I got to see that. Uh, I got to see some other things, and everything I saw, I. I really enjoyed really loved it was a great time mystery spot went over like gangbusters uh people the people that checked it out really loved the film ken was at ken our director of photography was able to drive up for it or drive down he came from detroit so whichever direction that is um he was able to drive down with uh, his wife tori and they were able to check it out and so it was just a really good vibe. The Q&A was great. We stood up there and talked for probably an hour maybe, and it was pretty late, but everybody wanted to hear it. Um, and we told some, <laughs> we told, uh, you know, I was prodded, prompted to tell some of the crazy stories. Um, so it was a great time. And then the award ceremony was the following Sunday. We screened on a Saturday. The award ceremony was the next day, Sunday. And Mystery Spot won for Outstanding Screenplay. And then I got... An award. It's it was their indie genre spirit award. So it's kind of like a, you know, I wouldn't say lifetime achievement award, but you know what I mean. It's one of those like cumulative kind of awards. And it was an I didn't I had no idea. I knew we were nominated for the screenplay thing, of course, because I think they sent us the laurels was nominated. But um, I had no idea. I actually, it, it I was in shock because I think I was still tweeting people about us having won the screenplay thing, and then I heard Greg call my name for the other one. And uh, it was pretty surprising, but I, they're both proudly displayed on my mantle in our living room now. And uh, yeah, so we are an award-winning film. As of that festival, we're an award-winning film. Uh, now I'm a multiple award-winning director, which is great. Um, I can't wait to put that on my resume and adjust my rates accordingly. Uh, so yeah, that was a great experience. I came home the next day, and uh, the hotel I stayed at was great. It had a steakhouse. Uh, I think the steakhouse that's attached to the hotel was it's considered to be considered to be Buffalo's best steakhouse. So, treated myself to that on Sunday night. Flew home on Monday, and uh, back. You know, back. Everything was back to normal on Tuesday. But it was a great experience. Um. And then, I guess we'll we'll stick with mystery spot for right now. The next screening after that was World Fest, which was as of me recording this, which is uh, what is today's date? That was uh, today's May the eighth. As of me recording this, World Fest was three, two weeks ago. Two, one, two, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, that was our Texas premiere. Um, make, I'm making sure we didn't have any screenings before that. No, that was the next one. So we had kind of a break between screening at Buffalo and uh, World Fest. 
So our Texas premiere, our regional premiere, was at World Fest Houston. It was at uh, the Cinemark Memorial City Mall. We actually premiered to a sold-out crowd. Uh, a lot of friends and family came to that one. Uh, again, the vibe was great. I actually, again, I got to see a lot of other cool movies as part of World Fest because Memorial City Mall is close to us. So I was able to get out there, and I was I sat on a director's panel. Um and uh, where we had some good questions, and I got to tell a little bit about the process, and uh, you know, be kind of be honest about everything, <laughs> you know, as I'm six features in, you know, just kind of, and I'll get to the sixth one in a minute. I, I know you guys are counting on your fingers. You may think Mystery Spots five. You're right. There is a sixth one now, uh, but I'll get to that. Um, so I was able to sit on director's panel, see some of the see some of the, I'm a, see some of the other movies, uh, two that would really stand out. There was a feature from Brazil. Um, that was called, it's called Neon Heart and it was wonderful. I had to duck out of the last 15 minutes because it screened right before mystery spot and they were in different theaters. So I had to run over to the, I had to run over to our theater to make sure everybody's getting in and, you know, just sort of suss out the situation. Plus my anxiety was driving me nuts. So I had to step out for a bit. Um, but I saw most of it and the, the filmmakers were there in attendance. They were on that panel with me too. It was great. Highly recommend it. Seek it out. I think they have it on their website, which, if I'm not mistaken, I should have written it down, but I think it's called International House of Cinema, I think is their production company. Uh, but just search for Neon Heart Brazil movie. Very good. I loved it. And then I saw a bunch of, well, another thing I was able to set through the entirety of without having to run around and do other things, um, I was able to see a bunch of uh, sci-fi shorts, the second block of them. And every one was wonderful. So... Um, yeah, there was there was one called Tone that I really liked. Uh, the Head of the Cat, I remember the title of. That was a German one, I believe. That one was fantastic. Uh, they, they, I mean, they're just all, all of them were great. Uh, not a bad one in the bunch. So it was great to sort of, you know, experience a lot of the festival outside of, um, you know, just my movie. Cause usually things are tight or the time or, or I'm just too in my head stressing out about, how our screening's going to go and I can't like disconnect and enjoy things but I was able to do it a little bit so anyway our screening went well our Q&A went great uh, it was very fun had a blast Reagan got to stand up on it we had to we had a, a, a lot of the cast attend that screening we actually won an award from World Fest so we got a gold Remy in the genre of uh, horror suspense so now Mystery Spot is a multiple award winning film uh, so that was that was great it was a neat little surprise and yeah, everything went wonderfully. And then the following Saturday, we had another screening at the Battle for the Arts Festival in Sealy. And that's like a multi, it's an art festival, all kinds of art. They had music, they had uh, painting, they had graffiti artists, they had people cooking. There was a, there was a uh, cooking competition. There was a film festival. Uh, and there's probably stuff I'm leaving out. I mean, there was a street aspect of the festival. There are musicians playing in the clubs and on stages outside. Um, venues to get food. It was it was a wonder, and you know, Sealy, Texas, is a little bit, you know, it's it's west of here, past Katy, kind of going towards San Antonio or Austin if you go that way. So smaller town, but not super small. But you know, it's nice vibe. It's kind of it still is kind of a commuter town. So a lot of people that live there drive in, or at least drive to Katy to work. So um, yeah, it was a great little place and uh, had had a great vibe and the place. The, the venue where they screened the movie was a, oh, it's the leader Taffel hall. And it's like an old, um, uh, old 
hill country dance hall that's sort of you know it's like it's not really circular it's like it's octagonal in shape and just older building awesome vibe and uh you know with with things like that where you sort of set up a screening in a in some place that's not a theater and us having had one in an actual theater the week before i was kind of thinking okay well how's this going to go you know it'll be fun at the very least but i'm telling you they, their sound and their picture was on point everything looked and sounded great and they made a point to block off the areas that would be a problem like people the bathrooms were in this hall too so you had to kind of go in to go to the bathroom, but they had a, made a point to block off the entrance with black so that when every time I opened the door, every time someone opened the door, it didn't really blow out the screen or whatever. So, I mean, they really put thought into it and it was a great, that was a great screening as well. It's kind of like, kind of worked out well because the people that were not able to attend the World Fest screening were uh, able to attend the screening in Sealy and uh, yeah, it kind of split right down the middle. So that was a great turnout as well. Uh, had a lot of friends and family come out to that one. Different casts. Graham was able to make that one. Um, we made a quick drive out from Austin and then drove back after the screening. Um, so yeah, we had a good turnout and great Q&A. People, again, people loved the movie. Um, a lot of people that were there were family that uh, hadn't, hadn't, you know, they'd seen all the other movies. So it was cool for them to see a movie where that wasn't super gory, crazy blood and guts, crazy effects, questionable content, quote unquote. And, uh, it, that was just more, uh, old school. And I could just tell they really, they, they were really into that, uh, which kind of is the point of the movie. So went very well. The people that did the festival were great. I was able to experience that one a little, I went a little bit early on Saturday so I can kind of walk around the street vendor area and, check out some other stuff. I got there right as Joker's off as Lars, the emo kid was finishing up. So I wasn't able to see Lars uh, that played earlier in the day, but I got to hang out with Joe a little bit, see some other things he was in, saw, saw some cool uh, horror shorts there. Um, and yeah, it was again, very enjoyable. Um, so thank you both to Sealy. Uh, I, if I can finish feature number six in time, I will submit that one for next year. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the state of the union on Mystery Spot. We do have it is I said it's May the eighth. We have sold the movie. I am currently in the delivery process of getting it to the distributor. Um, I this is my gut feeling. I don't know this for sure, but I assume it's going to be out in the fall, probably Halloweenish. I'm I'm just guessing, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. So yeah, we're in the process of that. So we know where it's going to go. We know where it's going to end up. Uh, we do have one more screening coming up that I just found out about in the last maybe week or so. It is a festival. They have not officially announced it yet. They have not officially announced our screening, but we do know that it's going to be a part. So uh, maybe that will provoke me to wa not wait nine months to do another podcast, and I will uh, record another episode in conjunction with that announcement or that festival, but there is another screening coming up. It is in the U S it's in the Southern U S it's not Texas though. Um, I don't really want to say more than that because I may start giving stuff away, but if you haven't seen it up to this point, you may still have an opportunity to. So as soon as I hear about it, as soon as I hear that they have officially put the word out, I will let everybody know. All right. So that is the state of the union for mystery spot. I do not want to forget about mentioning Dark Ritual. I think it had come out, it had been re released by the when we had done that last episode with Chris. I think we talked about it. 
However, it has been picking up steam. Uh, we've got a few, a couple new reviews. People are just sort of discovering it organically. It's on, and Dark Ritual is what is the movie formerly known as Imago, which then became In the Blood, and then was retarded, <laughs> retitled Dark Ritual on release. So um, if you're looking for Imago, Dark Ritual is what you're looking for. You can find it on Vudu, on Tubi, on Amazon, on YouTube Movies, Google Play, Microsoft Movies. International releases are pending, but they are coming, we're told. So uh, check it out. If you, li- if you watch it and like it, please rate and review it. That helps us out a lot because it does seem like that's how people are discovering it. Um, but yeah, we've had a couple of, in, the, in recent weeks, we've had a couple of new, very positive reviews for it. People have just sort of sought it out on their own, just found it naturally. So they have nothing to lose or gain. Uh, by lying about what, how they feel about the movie. So that, that's been nice to see because, as listeners know, that has been a long road, and we're happy to kind of get some closure on it. Pause for me to take a drink real quick. Uh, okay. So that's uh, excuse me. That's where we sit on Dark Ritual, and I'm sure Chris would have some things to say about it, but he's actually working. He's back up in Oklahoma, Working on reshoots for a movie with Danny Trejo, produced by Joel Sosan, I think. He actually had shot the bulk of it, I think, right after we did that last podcast. I believe it was after that. But now they're doing a week of reshoots up in Oklahoma, so that's happening right now, which is pretty much why I'm here, just rolling solo. Let's see. The next thing I want to mention that has sort of been a long gestating thing that finally came out, uh, I... I think I mentioned it on the pod uh, literally years ago, maybe around two or three years ago. Um, we shot a video for Burn, which is a uh, post or a hardcore post hardcore band uh, from the same from the same world, New York City, uh, the same scene as like Quicksand, um, Texas is the reason, into another, like a lot of other bands that I like. Uh, Orange Nine Millimeter uh, is from that scene as well. They, Orange Nine Millimeter singer is the same singer as in Burn. Uh, my friend Chaka, Chaka Malik. Um, and for those that don't know, <clears throat> the guy that uh, Josh Lauka, this is a weird sort of circle closure thing. Josh Lauka is the guy that did the music for Mystery Spot. He was in a New York post-hardcore band called Shift, which I like a lot. That's kind of that's what sort of prompted me to reach out to him in the first place to do music. Because I knew he had transitioned into doing music for movies, shorts, commercials, and that kind of thing. And I was a big fan of his band. He actually, after Shift, he formed another band called the Big called Big Collapse. And the bassist in that band was Gavin Van Vlack, who is the guitarist in Burn. So it's kind of all connected. But uh, a few, I think like three years ago, Burn. Well, it might be more than that. I feel like it was maybe 2017. Burn put out a new album called Do or Die. They wanted to do a video for the song called Ilk Together. So I came up with the concept. Uh, we shot the video uh, with, a couple, with a couple actors. We shot everything here. We didn't need the band to come here or anything. We thought about doing some live footage, but uh, it just became too complicated. And the concept didn't really need it. So we shot all of it at Cypher, most of it at Cypher, when I, we still worked there, when I still worked there. Uh, and then it, I think what happened was the band itself went on hiatus. They kind of stopped playing, went their separate ways, uh, went inactive for a couple of years. 
And then they just played a reunion show at the end of April, and they wanted to, I wouldn't say reunion, whatever you want to call it, a reactivation show. Uh, first in a while, though, at the end of April at the Black, uh, or at the uh, at Tompkins Square Park in New York. They're playing another show at the Black and Blue Bowl this year. But uh, they wanted to finally release, go ahead and release the video in conjunction with that as sort of as a cross promotion. So we finished it up, put it out there. It finally came out. People loved it. It's got some themes that I think people really vibe with. Themes of depression and suicide, um, isolation, that kind of thing. It touches on all those things. Since it was fun, what was funny to, for me to watch when I watched that video is after you know several years and having gone on to other projects, there were definitely things that I, things that were stuck in my head that I was tooling around with that I was going to put in movies, but since I didn't have the opportunity to do those movies, sorry for the plane. I don't want to wait it out though. I'm going to lose my momentum. Um, since I didn't want to, since I thought at the time I was never going to get to use these ideas in those movies or deal with these themes in movies because it didn't seem like I was going to be able to get anything off the ground, I, I kind of took those themes and put them in the video. And then the video comes out at a time where one of the movies is coming out and another one was being finished and shot. Again, I'll get to that one in a second. Uh, so it was kind of like everything sort of bottlenecked and all came out at the same time or all started going active at the same time. So it was interesting to watch that things in that video that I just recently either watched a different version of on a screen at a festival or shot a different version of in a scene in a movie that we just did. So yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of cool. Hopefully that'll kind of enable me to move on from a lot of this stuff too. Um, I don't want to just re retread the same old stuff, but uh, yeah, there are things that I've just been wanting to stick in stick images I wanted to been sticking I wanted to stick into films and such for a while and finally got to see multiple versions of that happen all at the same time um, if you go to YouTube you can search for the video just it's the song is called ill together the band is burn uh, so just search burn ill together it premiered on noecho.net so you can actually go there and search for it as well that's a that's a hardcore like harder music site uh, it premiered there so you can you can find the story and some pull quotes from there that are very nice. Um, so yeah, go check it out. I also have I have a link tree that has all this stuff linked on it. Everything I've talked about so far and the things that I'm about to mention, uh, just it's linktree.com forward slash upstart filmworks, uh, and I'll make sure to put links links for that in the um, in the show notes. And finally, the big, I guess the biggest thing that has happened. I mean, everything is kind of big in its own way, but I uh, I don't even know if... Yeah, I wouldn't have mentioned this on the last episode, but I found out in December that we got a grant. We got awarded a grant via the Houston Arts Alliance uh, to go towards the production of a film, and that film is In Betweening, which started life as 30 to 45, but kind of morphed into a project called In Betweening, which I may have mentioned on the podcast, but... Um, became a real boy in December when we got awarded that grant. So got the grant in December. Well, actually got a, found out in December, got awarded the grant in January, set production for March. We shot for two weeks and we have completed principal photography on it. And, uh, that now I'm in post-production on it. We were actually running a post-production funding campaign right now on Indiegogo. Uh, and that is igg.me forward slash at forward slash in betweening. That's also linked in my link tree. So you can go there if you missed what I just said, but I'll put a link in the show notes. We're just trying to raise money uh, to go towards the post-production because in addition to 
all the stuff we usually do, sound design, score, uh, color correction, and things like that. There are there's a lot of animation in this film that our friend Nick Butler at Turtle, Turtle Dust Media is handling for us, and I want to make sure to be able to pay him appropriately in, in a timely manner and get it, get it all done. And also there um, there are a couple of scenes we need to shoot in post production with puppets, so we gotta kind of fund find the time to do that and fund that as well as uh there's one day of pickups i think we have to do so um uh, again the grant getting the grant was wonderful and it enabled us to get through um principal photography however you know it, it really was just enough for that and we i still kind of kicked in a little bit extra you know to make everything work but i wanted to you know i wanted to do it right so we got the uh, we got the bulk of it done. I'm editing what we have, and then getting ready to start. I guess the next phase, uh, which is it's all post, is the next phase, except for maybe the pickup shoot. There's a musical number we have to shoot as well. Um, but definitely go check out the uh, go check out the crowdfunding campaign if you can, because I I tried to come up with some creative perks for it. There's a there's a seven inch record that we're gonna produce that includes the song from the musical number. It's got Kelly Scott from Failure playing drums on it. I wrote the music. Angelo Moore from Fishbone is going to be singing on it and playing sax. He's also in the movie uh, as the spirit guide for the lead character. The lead character is played by Brandon Cole, a gentleman I found out of Austin. Great actor. It's the first thing we've worked on with him, and I'm glad we found him. I'll definitely use him on other stuff. Uh, And then there's a cast of returning characters, uh, Chelsea McCurdy, Jill Brummer, uh, Stephen Scott, Bobby Simpson II, Sean Patrick Judge, uh, Ty Blue, who hasn't... Uh, he was in Placeholders, but Ty was in Placeholders as Jason Mason, but he's Ty Blue's playing zombie guy. Uh, yeah, we've got Dylan DeWitt, who is... It's the first time I've worked with him, but he worked... He was in my friend Derek Fury's movie, uh, Lion Killer, which you can find. Uh, it's like a jiu-jitsu drama. Excuse me. I highly recommend checking that one out. But yeah, it was kind of, it was chock full of friends, you know, which is how that that project was designed. And it is a, for those that don't know, it's an auto, it's a semi-autobiographical look. I mean, it's very autobiographical, but there is stuff I still made up just for the story's sake. Uh, Look at life as an independent filmmaker, you know, Um, it's based on my struggles, both, both both recent struggles and struggles that. I dealt with like sort of back in my twenties when I started, it's kind of like a mishmash of all that stuff kind of put together in a way that makes sense for a created narrative of one person's life. But all the stories are true. Um, a lot of them I even pulled back on because you wouldn't believe the truth. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's just about a guy trying to make movies and trying to make ends meet at the same time. And the sort of gypsy lifestyle you have to adopt in trying to make that happen and the crazy conversations and crazy situations you find yourself in and crazy compromises maybe you sometimes have to make. So I can't wait to get all that out into the world. That's That was almost more cathartic than Mystery Spot. Uh, what's interesting is that Mystery Spot and Inbetweening are kind of uh, two sides of the same coin. I think I mentioned that before. I, I, I also always like to reference it as like Regulators and Desperation, Stephen King, the Stephen King slash Richard Bachman books, because it is kind of like that. Um, Mystery Spot was actually birthed. I know I've told the story before, but I'll reiterate real quick. I was trying to get in between May when it was still called 30 to 45. I did a crowdfunding campaign years ago that 
failed miserably. And I was so mad from that experience and just burned and heartbroken that I wrote mystery spot in, in like a fit of rage. And that's how mystery spot came to be. And it, like I mentioned earlier, it's like, I'm kind of treading the same water, dealing with the same issues and themes and ideas and maybe even images. So a lot of that stuff leaked into mystery spot. A lot of the characters did too. And so, but it just so happened that I did mystery spot first <laughs> and now I'm getting to do in betweening and I can't wait to, maybe even double bill those movies because they're, they're totally different in tone and approach, but they are kind of in a lot of ways about the same things. Um, so that's, that's been, that's been an interesting experience as well. Um, not just doing in betweening right after mystery spot has sort of come out to the world, but it's continuing to mystery spot is continuing to screen while I'm work deep in the in betweening world, looking at the footage, you know, figuring out, how to put things together, et cetera. So it's, it's weird to sort of AB those two, two experiences. Um, but I'm very happy with how both came out. I'm very happy with how different but similar they are. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really, I'm really happy with how everything turned out. And I, re, I hope that we can, we're able to make our goal on the Indiegogo. Like I said, that's running right now. I started on May the 1st. It runs through the end of the month. And it's going to be linked in the show notes. Uh, you can go to Indiegogo and just search for Inbetweening. You can go to any of my social media and find the link there. That's what I'm promoting right now. You know how this things, these things go. You kind of have to bang the drum for the entirety of the time that you're, you're doing your project. So um, if you go to my stuff, it won't be hard to find. And I would appreciate if you uh, take a look, see if there's something you like. Um, I'm also, I didn't mention I'm doing video camps. So if you're in the Houston area or can get here, I'm setting up a couple of video camps that I'll be teaching later in the year. I used to do that for a living and I haven't done it in a long time, but I figured this is a good way to come out of retirement. Um, also is brought on by the fact we shot a scene. We shot a scene in Inbetweening where the lead character is teaching a video camp and a lot of people express interest in wanting to actually do it. So I said, okay, well, here's your chance. You know, here's your, here's your opportunity. So yeah, a lot of uh, there's uh, some perks where you can be in the movie as an animated character. You can voice your animated character. You can have your likeness reproduced as a puppet in the movie. Uh, a lot of a lot of cooler kind of opportunities that I that I don't really see much on these kinds of campaigns. So definitely go check it out. Um, any little bit helps if you want to help us out. Um, and if you can't, which I totally understand as well, <laughs> the movie's kind of all about not being able to spend a lot of money on anything. Um, you just, you know, repost it, see if someone, you know, might be into it because I think the story, I think the story will appeal to a lot of different people. Um, and it's the type of story that you don't see often. It's the, it's the world of indie film minus the glitz and the glamor, the, the shine, the sheen that people try to sort of put on it all the time. They don't really want to be honest about the experiences. And uh, that's that the movie's all about uh, being honest about the experiences. Um, so yeah, if you can help, you know, just boost the signal. That that would help us out a lot as well. Um, the timeline on that, like I said, the uh, the crowdfunding campaign is supposed to run through the end of the month. If it does, really, it's doing okay now. I think we're about we're just over four thousand dollars finishing out our first first week our goal is 15 
because that's sort that's sort of the bare bones of what we would need to get through get through post uh, with the vendors we have and the ideas that we have. Um, that's with cutting some corners, but I didn't want to. The last few times I did these campaigns, I, I feel like I asked for too much or a number that scared people. I guess I don't know. I just I still don't really get the alchemy to the crowdfunding thing and how to make it work. This one seems to be doing better than any of the others I've tried in the past, but still I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hesitantly excited, let's say, (laughs) but if we do kind of come out like gangbusters and start really picking up steam and doing very, very well, we might extend it. You have the option to extend it for another 30 days. We might do that. If, um, it really picks up steam, uh, uh, Aside from that, the timeline, I think what, I'm, what we're trying to do is get done by the end of the year so that I, we can start figuring out where we're going to screen it, maybe submitting to festivals or whatever. Uh, again, that kind of all depends on how the fundraising goes because if we don't make our goal, I may have to, you know, I may have to subsidize that myself. That may take some time, you know, that just makes things take it extends the timeline because you have to, instead of paying it all at once, you got to save and then pay somebody. You know what I mean? Uh, because I have bills. <laughs> I have a house note. I have a kid. So um, we'll see how it goes. But my, my hope, my dream is to uh, be done with in-betweening by the end of the year. And that would be that would almost line up with where I, when I assume they're going to start getting mystery spot out there. So that would kind of again work synergistically with this other movie that it's kind of its its uh, sister <laughs> in in a lot of ways. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of where we stand now. Um, that's the uh, state of the upstart union uh, beyond. I mean, it's hard to even think beyond in between at this point because. There's going to be a lot involved in getting that movie done. The best part is it's, it really is. I don't really have to deal with anybody else. I can finish it on my own timeline. I mean, you know what I mean? Beyond the things I mentioned, like people that are doing animation or raising money or whatever. As far as producing and calling shots and giving notes, there is no one, which is fantastic. Like, I don't have to deal with any of that stuff on this. And I probably couldn't. It's not that kind of a movie. It's my story put through a weird lens in my voice, which is also the weirdest lens that voice has spoken in ever. So I don't really, I don't see a way where this could be a situation where you could have a lot of cooks in the kitchen. But I, I say, I say all that to mean that once we get all the pieces together, there should not really be any delays in getting the movie done and out. Um, we're not have to go, going to have to go through several layers of, notes or test screenings or what have you, you know, like I, I already know how I wanted to put it together. I already know what pieces I need. I already know what statement I want to make. So, um, hopefully that will expedite things with mystery spot. We got slowed down a little bit by the pandemic too. So there's always that. Um, I don't, you know, but I think this might be one of the faster turnarounds for a movie that I've had. And then beyond that, let's just say, you know, this time next year, I have no idea. Several people have asked me already, like at mystery spot screenings, they always ask you, well, what's next? Well, I have something next. We've already shot it. So it's kind of like I've already solved half the problem. Um, so that's been nice. However, I, I have no idea what's after that. Um, if there is anything after that, 
I am, you know, I, I kind of touched on my anxiety and stuff earlier, and that is something that I'm still definitely dealing with. And it's it was very, it was very much an issue during Mystery Spot. It was very much an issue still during In Betweening, which was interesting because I thought, oh well, the difference with In Betweening is it's really just our crew was just me, Brittany, and Chris. On the first couple of days, it was just me and Brittany. So I thought that maybe that was the issue because there were just too many other voices in the room, too many other people to deal with. And I thought maybe that why I was, that's why I was tripping on mystery spot. Uh, but then, then I got the in-betweening situation and it, it was almost worse. And maybe that was because it was, then it was all the extreme. It was pretty much just on me, but nothing was, there was nothing that was super complicated or that was real, that outside of just me being in my head, that was really stressing me out. Like theoretically, you know, everything, the grant again, helped us pay for everything. I wasn't like behind on my credit cards, really. They were maxed out, but I wasn't behind on my payments, you know, for doing, you know what I mean? There's no, none of the financial stress that really goes along with it. There was really no logistical stress because while some of our days were a little insane, we were, we were making it, uh, there were a little, you know, there's a little push and pull here and there, but that's to be expected. So I really don't. I think a lot of it was just me being in my head and still kind of breaking through some of the PTSD I'd accrued on some of those other productions where I was the line producer or UPM or whatever and uh, where it affected my health. Uh, because that seems to be what happened during Mystery Spot. You know, that's kind of where all that stuff came to a came to a head. In my, in my head. Um, and I guess it's still happening. Debbie Rashawn brought up a good point too when she was here because uh, she was here for about a week with us shooting. She stayed with us. She also mentioned that on top of whatever weird stuff I'm dredging up in my head uh, from shoots, the subject matter of this movie is all entirely about like the worst times of my life and the worst stuff that I've done and the worst that I've felt as far as you know being a filmmaker in the last you know 25 years that I've been doing it. So there's an element to that as well to that exorcism or catharsis. I'm sure it's going to take its, take its toll and maybe make everything probably throw jet fuel on some of the stuff that I'm already feeling. So, uh, it has been an interesting experience, but we, we got through it. I can't, I mean, everything really, if I try to step out of my body and think about what we did, it was great. Have Angelo Moore was here for four or five days. He was fantastic. Very, very appreciative. He's always wanted to like really be in a movie and he has been in a few things, more cameo stuff or like his band is playing on screen. Um, but he's wanted to be a major role in a film and we gave him that and he was super stoked and he did great. He was a little nervous at first, of course, but, uh, the cast on that first day with him was super welcoming, made him feel right at ease. Um, and yeah, I, I could tell he loved the experience. So that was, that was great. Debbie was great. A lot of the comedy stuff we did. I mean, Brandon kicked ass in the lead. Uh, I mean, everybody just tie a zombie guy. I can't wait for people to see this sassy caddy zombie on screen. Um, everything is the train that we rented. It was exactly like how we kind of pictured it. I started putting up pictures of the shoot and people that have been involved with the movie for a while or just, I've been bouncing it off of for a while. We're like, dude, this is exactly how I saw it in my head. You know, it's weird to see this stuff in real life because it's been lit, you know, 
living in the ether for so long, but now it's become real. So yeah, all that stuff could not be happier with. Um, I am, and as I dive into the edit, I get more and more and more excited. Uh, there's just a few final hurdles, as there always are, to get through, but we'll get through them. And I look forward to sort of shaping this into what it's going to become and seeing how people react to it when they see it. Because it's definitely going to be a different, much like Mystery Spot is wildly different from all the stuff that I've made before. This is in betweening is very different from Mystery Spot and all the stuff I've made before. Uh, yeah, because it's uh, there are things that are super hilarious. There are things that are super dark. There are things that are super sad. Um, but it's all it all like I said, it all comes from a real honest place. So um, can't wait to can't wait to show you guys. And I think so we're at 40 minutes. I think that's pretty much it as the planes keep flying over. Again, I just wanted, and mosquitoes are tearing me up. Uh, again, I just wanted to do kind of an update because it's been a while since I had done a podcast. So much has happened. So much is happening. We have the crowdfunding campaign for Inbetweening going on right now. So I just, I, I felt like I was neglecting my duties as a shill for Upstart Filmworks <laughs> without just sitting here not putting out a new podcast. So hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. I know it was just me rambling for 45 minutes, but. Uh, you know, that's what that's what needed to happen. I need to get it all out there. Um, I promise to do another update, another episode soon, hopefully with Brittany or Chris or both. Uh, we'll try to get that done in the next few weeks and I'll try to get back on a schedule. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just wasn't feeling it probably because of all the stuff we were doing. But I was just, you know, it was weird because I finally we finally had things to talk about and I did not want to talk about them. So I guess I just needed to mentally recover on the weekends and not really talk about it um, as of yet. So. Um, here we are. It's finally time. And I thank you guys for listening. I hope to talk to you again soon. Once again, check out uh, Upstart Film on all social media. Uh, that's Instagram, Twitter. If you're looking for me on Facebook, just you can search for Upstart Filmworks, which is a page, or you can search for Mel House. Um, I'm there. And then if you're looking for my link tree, you can go to upstartfilmworks.net, and it's linked on there, or you can just go to linktree.com or linktree forward slash Upstart Filmworks. And you can find links to everything I've mentioned, all the reviews I've mentioned, all the screenings I've mentioned, uh, and kind of just get back up to speed. Uh, you can find the burn video on there. You can find the link to the Indiegogo. It's all there. And I try to be diligent. If nothing else, I try to be diligent about putting stuff up there and uh, curating sort of like a well, one-stop shop for all the Upstart Filmwork stuff. All right. I hope everybody's doing well, and I will talk to you guys soon. 